Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 84 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. My guest this week is Bobby Abdallah, and uh, we're going to be talking about Taz. But first, if you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button. And when you finish listening to the show, why not tell a friend about it? And for doing that, I would be eternally grateful. So, in some doggy news, we go to the States and to a place called Westerly, Rhode Island. And Bosco, a nine-year-old beagle mix, slipped out of his collar and his guardian couldn't get him back. Um, His guardian who does have a back disability, spent months looking for Bosco, um, putting up a lot of uh, posters and things like that, but uh, Bosco could not be found. Now, his guardian moved to Colorado um, quite some time later. In fact, two years passed, and then some people in Rhode Island recognised Bosco from those posters a long time ago. They contacted authorities and soon Bosco was tracked down and he was trapped and then they notified um, his owner in Colorado. Now, unfortunately, his owner couldn't go and pick him up and that's when someone from the Department of Homeland Security, who was um, doing a bit of the research work and communications work, offered to drive Bosco 2,000 miles, 36-hour trip, to his owner. Now, that's going above and beyond, and the person did it happily, happily volunteered to do so. Um, a few moments of confusion when Bosco finally got there, um, but as soon as his owner sort of yelled out, hey dude, they were back arm in arm and everyone is very, very happy. So good on you Bosco for surviving on the streets for that long and for that person that volunteered to drive him all that way. Staying in the States, uh, we go to Glastonbury in Connecticut and a Boston Terrier, eight-year-old Boston Terrier by the name of Henry. Now, Henry's guardians have a eight-month-old daughter who was having a bit of a cold and not feeling well. Um, Henry kept running into the daughter's room and barking and not acting himself. Apparently, um, he was getting scolded and asked to stay out. Um, he kept on repeatedly going back 
into the room where the baby was having a hard time sleeping. Now, this uh, alerted the parents. The parents went in and found that the baby has indeed really having some breathing difficulties, uh, reportedly turning a bit blue. They rushed the girl, baby girl to the hospital, um, have a full recovery, and Henry is being accredited with saving her life. So, well done, Henry. And now, this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I am here with Bobby Abdallah. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am fantastic today. Thank you. So, whereabouts in the world are you? I am in my dream location in the world, Lake Tahoe, uh, Nevada. Very, very nice. And who is going to be our subject today? Our subject today is my first ever dog. Um, his his nickname is Taz, short for Tasmanian Devil, and he definitely <laughs> was. He lived up to that. <laughs> it's going to be a fun one, I think. So... <laughs> As per sort of normal, I'm going to ask to for you to take us back in time to just before you and Taz met and talk to us and tell us the hows and the whys that that happened. Okay. Well, I'd always kind of been on my own. I grew up with a Great Dane and a cat. And sadly, I'm not a cat person because I'm highly allergic to them. So... Um, I just got, got to a point where it's like, you know, it'd be nice to have some company because I'm single. And so I decided to, just to go look at the Humane Society. I wasn't going to do anything. I was going to look. <laughs> <laughs> My first mistake I learned. <laughs> and there was this gorgeous Tasmanian devil. Um, he's a yellow lab. He was about. 150 pounds he was a big boy and just these longest legs he should have been part great dane and um i met him and i learned that he was actually on his third return to the shelter and they had deemed that he was unable to be rehabilitated or whatever what it basically turned out that no one had ever taught him anything so he was just he was big and crazy and and young and so people were like oh we can't handle this dog oh take him back take him back he actually drug me out of the shelter and i remember a couple of people sitting there going seriously because i'm all a five foot two and and he's got me he's like yeah let's get out of here <laughs> like hanging out for dear life and they're like really that's that's the one you want like mm-hmm and so I took him home and he spent the first night barking in my face for eight straight hours. I'm like, okay. It's a long time explaining the rules to you. I guess, but I, I thought it went the other way, but apparently Jazz was telling me, yeah, now got to straighten you out. And I think he just had, as I got to know him and everything, he just had a lot of separation anxiety from being abandoned three different times in the first year of his life. And I can only imagine what that would do to me. So for them, you know, not understanding and not, you know, nobody wants me. I'm, I'm back in this, you know, and, and 
no animal or human really wants to be in a shelter. So, but we worked it out. There were some, um, it was a steep learning curve for me because I had never had my own dog before and I never had a Tasmanian devil before. So, <laughs> yeah, it was learning very fast. He he was he was my first teacher, I guess. Mm-hmm. So how quickly did the uh, the label Taz come about? I tried to remember if he came with that name. Okay. I think I think he came with that name and I had always loved the cartoon character. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. this is cute, you know, <laughs> not really the thing about it. Mm-hmm. But it was so funny. I would take him out for walks and stuff, and I met this one guy this time, and he goes, that's a stupid name. He should be called King. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> Come on, Taz, hurry away. <laughs> so do you remember much about the first couple of weeks coming into your home? Oh, it was it was crazy. And I worked a lot of hours those years. I was in the corporate world. And um, so I did end up getting a dog walker for him because it was just, you know, he had all this, I think, pent up energy from like all the people who had had him. He was just, you know, he was and he would um, entertain himself. Uh, I came home one day and there was a hole to the outside in the wall. I'm like, oh, this is wonderful because it wasn't <laughs> my place. <Yeah. laughs> Look at this, like, it's like, you were busy, weren't you? Okay, I'm not sure why you're eating walls, but all right. And then another time, um, I left him alone, and he went through the glass pane in the door. Thank God he wasn't, He. I don't know how he didn't get hurt, but that's when I started catching on that, okay, there's some serious separation anxiety and he's bonding really tightly enough to me that he doesn't even want me to leave the house. Mm-hmm. So we started working on that. And then, and then, like I said, I had a dog walker come. So at least he had like a break during the middle of the day. And um, that really seemed to help things. And then I was always, I've always loved the mountains and hiking. And so every weekend we were out in the local parks, we were, you know, so he had a, he had a really good life where, you know, he got tons and tons of exercise. Um, and then I ended up adopting a second one for him to chat chat. And then they had each other. Because it's one of the things that I believe is they need somebody else of their own kind to talk to. You know, it's like humans are great, but yeah, I kind of need somebody else to gossip about you guys when you leave. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he was, uh, and so protective loved everybody but one morning i went out to a local park and it was like five in the morning right where it's barely light out and this car came up and parked right on top of me he went nuts and i ended up leaving the park because i just got this really weird feeling it's like first of all you're like trapping me I can't get out of my car and the way he was going nuts so I, i learned to trust my dogs when they react to something, instead of saying, oh, it's okay, I kind of like go with them. <laughs> Good advice, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I left the park, and, and he never did that again. Mm-hmm. But, boy, he was like, and he loved people. He had no problem with anybody, but he knew something was not up. So Interesting. Just going back to the initial coming into the, the home, so it sounds like he had the – free run of inside the house. 
Where where did you start to sleep? Or when sorry, where did he start to sleep? <laughs> well, he took over everything. Um, all my dogs have always slept with me at night. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. And, and, and of course, I guess they enjoy it too. <laughs> but yeah, they've always had the free run because I usually, my places are, I haven't been that big. So like if I put a crate, then the couch had to go. So, so yeah, I've got pictures on my couch. He just made himself real comfortable on couches with his his stuffed toys. Uh, he always had stuffed animals, which he loved. And yeah, he just made himself kind of at home. I guess all my dogs do now that. I- <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's their home. <laughs> Right. I mean, like here now with my two Great Danes, I have lost control of the couch. I have been delegated to the side chair because, yeah, that's where you sit because it's too small for us. So, okay. (laughs) And Taz was kind of like that, too. I, I mean, I guess I didn't mind because to me, they're in our life to spoil and to give them the best of everything. And yeah, if you want to sleep on the couch, I'm not going to be telling you no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and did he have a yard to play in it out the back? Or you know, he no? never did. Nope. Yeah. Um, wait a second. We did eventually have a small yard in Arizona, um, but I was just always out with him. You know, we go to these. Uh, I used to live in Pennsylvania and Valley Forge is a a popular, well-known park there. And it's just huge. You can get lost. It's so big. And I would, I'd pick them up after work and take them out there and we'd run the trails. And there was another one close to my house, a lot of water. I taught him how to swim. Goofball didn't know how to swim. (laughs) You're a Labrador retriever. Doesn't that come like in the manual or something? (laughs) But yeah, he like fell in the water and he's like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> do this. How about a little doggy paddle? And then you couldn't keep him out of water after that. So, and every weekend I loved uh, renting when I was on the East Coast, renting vacation rentals. And I always make sure they're dog friendly and they'd go with me, you know, and sometimes they'd be on lakes or streams or, yeah, and we just, it was great because they got me out too. They forced me to be active, you know, and I struggle with, with depression. So I wasn't able to get like lost in that. The dogs, no, we need to go out. We need to, you know, we, we have things we need here. So, so that was really, yeah, really great that they, they kept me going. Oh, self and do, and they just become the, the focal point and it's no, I need to do it for them. And yes, my own needs are, are secondary. Yes. Yeah. They've helped me in a lot of ways, sometimes coming right back from that very dark edge where you don't see hope in anything, you know, things in your life are going, going down the toilet, but you look at this dog and he's like, Hey, I still believe in you. I'm still here. Now can we go potty? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good break in my day. And as they, you can't get lost in that, you know, it, it forces you to, take care of them mm-hmm. so do you yep. ever have any sort of like interesting um confrontations or adventures on the trails no you know the most you know no 
they never, um, we didn't have it, um, any run-ins with wildlife. I guess they saw him coming and because he was so big, he wasn't quiet. It wasn't like he was tiptoeing along, like comes crashing through, you know. I did lose him in the Valley Forge Park once. Um, he saw a deer and he decided that that looked like a fun time. He was always fascinated by something that was larger than him. Mm-hmm. And so he got away from me and... Um, I looked and looked and looked hours for him. And then it got dark and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Went to the Rangers. And of course they were yelling at me. How come, how come he wasn't leashed? And I go, Oh, did I forget to tell you he has a leash on it? I'm just not on the other end of it. You know, he's <laughs> like, he bolted, you know, and he was, he was a big boy. So, um, so I, I looked, I called friends, we were looking, and finally I just said, well, I, I guess I got to go home. I can't sit out here forever. I go back and he's sitting by my car like, hey, where have you been? Uh-huh. <laughs> and people told me he's been here for like 45 minutes and he will not leave. He's just like next to your car waiting for you. <laughs> oh, my God. They're amazing. I'm sitting here like. I'm like, how can I go on? It's like, oh, my God, I lost my dog. And he's like back at the car. Hey, Mom, it's time for dinner. Where in the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, smart. There's, and he knew it was my car and sitting right next to it. And people are like, you know, we were going to, like, take him with us and not just leave him out here. But no, he knew that was his car. <laughs> Yeah, that is a star. <laughs> and I'm as human. <laughs> um, do you mentioned uh, earlier he's uh, had a lot of uh, stuffed toys? Did he have uh, any particular favorite ones? You know, no, because he was one of those dogs, which I'm sure you've heard about and you know, um, where they rip them apart. So, oh, this is cute. Let's see how fast we can get all the stuffing out of it, right? Um, so, yeah, he was the, the great destroyer. Um, the other dog that I adopted, you know, to give him company, he had this certain little toy. He loved this little toy. Um, and he carried it. Every, he'd clean it. Jet just loved it. And, and Taz knew, this is not, yeah, this is mine. Do not touch Taz was like fine with that. And then one day I was uh, dog sitting some uh, neighbor's dog and that dog just destroyed that toy. Jet Jet was like so unhappy. He was like lost. It was his best friend. It's just so weird to see that. Like, yeah, he just decided this little plastic toy was, was his best friend. But now Taz, yeah, give it to me, destroy it. So that's when I started going to you know, Goodwill and thrift stores because mm-hmm. I'm not paying 30 bucks for an animal so that you can like, you know, make a pile of white stuff on the living room floor in five seconds. And you know what? He ended up loving it because they were used. So there were other smells on them. And then Jet Jet started humping them, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> I've always given my dog stuffed animals and um, especially bears. Um, yeah, I just, they love them. Mm-hmm. They'll cuddle up with them and they just, yeah, love them. What about favorite games that you played? How fast can I eat my dinner and, and, and breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> he loved tug of war because he was so big. 
you know, he could always win. Yeah, it was, they were walking me, yeah, always. But yeah, he loved tug of war. And then I got him into um, raw bones. And that's actually how we got him out of the separation anxiety. I would wait and give him a raw bone when I left. So he was busy. He was occupied. I was like, ooh, I'm going to get this really great thing. And so that become it became a big thing for him all the time is, is getting those treats. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Um, initially, you said that you've, you've thought, sounds like you've moved to a couple of places. Was there, you notice any sort of like change in behavior with Taz or with anyone else when you've gone to a new house? Um, you know, moving was hard. And the last, the last place I moved with him was really hard. He was, he was, yeah, just a couple of months away from, from having to, uh, to be put to sleep. But that one was really hard on him. It, you know, that's when I realized like, okay, he's, he's coming to the end of that, you know, because he just like really reacted badly to it. But he was kind of like always up for a challenge. He'd be, you know, go sniff it all out. And last place I had a pool. So we loved, you know, laying out there and, and getting the suns in Arizona. Um, yeah, he was easy. He was pretty much up for anything as long as he could be with me. Like, I don't know what would have happened if I had, if for some reason I had given him up. I, I think it would have just destroyed him because we bonded strongly and he had wherever I was he was there too mm-hmm. so but yeah he was just and then we had left Pennsylvania and we drove across country to go to Denver he was happy he and, and Jet Jet jumped in the back of I have a huge uh, Pathfinder SUV they jumped in the back we're good do whatever it is you're good do we're in the car <laughs> <laughs> And they and they loved it. He was yeah. He was always up for something, mm-hmm. and he'd sit next to me in the front seat, awesome. and he'd sit there like a person. So people would go behind them. Is that a dog? <laughs> and he just look at him like, "Yep, hey, look, my human's driving me around, driving Miss Daisy." Yeah. <laughs> and he's just yeah. He was just such. A great dog, but he was big, so he was good protection too. Because mm-hmm. we lived downtown um, Denver, and this can be a little iffy, you know. It's it was a different atmosphere. I'm not a city girl, so but boy, they'd see him next to me, and they're like, "Yeah, bye." You know, the homeless people wouldn't bother me. People were probably ready to get to you know um, steal me or or something. You can't know bye. <laughs> <laughs> And Taz would just look at him like, oh, you know, it wasn't like he was mean or it, but he was imposing. He was a big boy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he just has to look at him like, okay. <laughs> Is there much of a temperature difference in the different places where you stayed? Yeah, well, Arizona is like living in hell. <laughs> <laughs> If the, if the stories are to be to be true, you know that. So yeah, he would be out like during the you know cooler parts of the day, and he mm-hmm. did like to swim in the pool. Um, and but he was like in Pennsylvania, you know, we had snow and all that, so he loved that too. He was kind of like an all around dog. It's like okay, um, you know, I'm game with 
with whatever, you know, whatever you, you know, want to do. I did not let them off leash in Arizona just because there's too many scary things there and rattlesnakes and, and all kinds of things that are cute and cuddly, including <laughs> cactuses, you know, and he wasn't the smartest. I mean, I loved him to death, but um, he, when we were in Colorado, there was a skunk who lived in our backyard and I was renting a room from someone. So I take him out. First time he saw the skunk and he was on a leash, but again, he can pull me anywhere. Um, he's like, Oh wow. Walk right up to the skunk's butt. And the skunk turned around like, really? Okay. Dude. Yeah. My, my roommate wouldn't let us back in the house. Oh. And so I Okay, this this is a learning experience. I'll talk. No, saw the skunk the next time. Hey, buddy! (laughs) (laughs) I stopped walking in that area because, like, okay, clearly you are not learning this lesson. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting tired of washing him because you cannot get skunk out, and he was like, "Oh my god, I smell horrible! Don't I love it?" Oh. Yeah, he wasn't the smartest boy. I, I mean, I think I would have after the first time go, oh, maybe I don't want to do that again. Nope. Mom, where are they? Let's go find them. <laughs> do you, if you think he had a, a favorite season and a preference to the, the hot or the cold or in between? I think he liked the cold the most. Um, again, he wasn't the smartest or sharpest tool in the shed. Um, I used to work in Boulder and I worked up at the observatory, which was at the top of a mountain. So one weekend I took them out there to hike and, and it gets hot in, in Colorado. Um, and he almost killed himself. He pushed himself so hard. He just said like, there was just no common sense there. So, you know, he collapsed and, oh my God, what's going to happen? And so the colder weather was safer with him because like, okay, you're not going to get overheated. He loved the snow, loved to roll in it. Yeah, he was, he was probably a more of a, but he, I got him from Pennsylvania. So that would make, make sense because there's a lot of snow there too. So. Okay. He just meant, mentioned the uh, like the health scare. How how was his health in in general? His health was really good. He really just died of of um, old age. Yeah, he was seventeen when he, when I finally had to, and and I I had to have someone put him down because he was determined he was not going to leave me. Um, but yeah, he was pretty strong and and. Um, healthy and yeah he really did in those years i didn't know a whole lot like we do today about dog food and everything so they were raised on pedigree <laughs> god bless his soul and he still lived to 17 <laughs> so but i think it's a lot if they're happy too and i know he was happy with me you yeah. know he had a good life with me um he was with me almost all the seven probably 16 years because uh, uh, i got him you know, really young. So, um, yeah, he had a couple of incidences which were, which were weird. You know, I had to have a couple surgeries, and like it's, I said at that time, I really didn't know as much as I do now about dogs because of my business. But um, I had put a, um, what do you call it? Not the choke one, the the 
Gosh, now I can't even like think. Like um, a, the other one was the blade? prong. Uh, prong you know, the prong yeah. killer. Yeah. Because somebody had told me, you know, that's the only thing he's going to learn with. And yeah, guess what? He didn't learn from that either. He actually pulled against it so badly, he created an abscess in his in his throat. Mm. So he had to have go have that cleaned out. Um, so that was like the biggest, uh, but that was my fault, which I always felt bad about. It's like, yeah, I, I shouldn't have done it, you know, and then to see that it didn't teach him a darn thing, just like the skunk. It goes in the same category as the skunk. Yeah, not learning here. No. <laughs> but yeah, he was in, he was in, um, he was in good shape. Uh, excellent. Oh, boy. <laughs> One of the questions I asked all my guests is to complete the sentence. I can't believe my dog ate the wall. The wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to go back to that because really, what do you get out of out of you know what's a drywall right that's painted? It's like it's flat. It's like but he went in and he nibbled. It had texture on it. So he went in and he started nibbling on the texture and I guess it just got carried away. It just kept chewing it. <laughs> he could get his head through. That's how big this hole was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, and then he did do one other thing too. He decided that nightlight looked kind of interesting. So he'd eat that. And uh, I found uh, out and I called my vet on I'm hysterical he goes, oh, it's okay. Go get a, a thing of Wonder Bread, the crappiest white bread you can find, and feed the whole thing to him. And what it do, did is it cushioned it and helped it go out. So, because I saw it a couple of days later. <laughs> but what you're worried about is that, you know, because he chewed it up, is that it's going to cut the intestines as it's going through the tract. So, my vet just, he was a wonderful vet. He's, no, feed him Wonder Bread. He'll be okay. And sure enough, he was. That's when it's like, okay, you are indestructible. Skunks, prong collars, night lights, like dog. You're just <laughs> <laughs> indestructible. So he's obviously been in the car a fair bit. Were there any sort of like interesting trips that you took him on to and, and favorite destinations? Yeah, whenever he went to the park, he knew, like he would know when we were coming out, he could smell it. And he knew that we were going to uh, off to Valley Forge. He loved the cross country. I think the people were more stressed out about it than he was. He just, he stuck his head out there the window the entire time. It's like, oh, this is cool. And I just sniffed and sniffed. He loved exploring new places like the rest stops along the way. Had to smell everything. It's like, no, can't leave yet. Got to smell this over here. Um, loved hiking with me. Loved when we'd go to like waterfalls or something like that so he could swim and, and you know, cool off. Um, yeah, he just liked the outdoors as much as I did. Uh, he was always my faithful companion. It just it took a lot out of me because he was so big and kind of had a mind of his own. Um, and I didn't quite know how to address that. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I'd be done. I'm tired at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was nice to see him happy. And I've always had the back of my SUV full of um, quilts and blankets and stuffed animals. So when they get in there, they just they just crash. So when we went cross country, it was the same thing. 
So he just lay back there and sleep. And like I said, as long as he was with me, he knew, you know, he was fine. He had no, no problem. We stayed three nights across the, the drive. He loved going in motels and meeting people. And, <laughs> but again, people see him coming in the door and go, oh, my God, they back up. <laughs> He's fine. He'll be okay. Uh, so um, what about uh, grooming? I actually, um, yeah, he was pretty easy to groom. He had a lot of hair and he was a shedding machine, but that's, um, (laughs) I made sure that when I first got him, because I did know that every morning I'd I'd get on the floor next to the couch with him and I'd brush him while I was watching the news before I'd get ready to go to work. And I think that really created just such a strong bond with us. Um, he wasn't crazy about bathing. I tried it once outside because I thought, okay, you don't like it in the bathtub. So let's try it outside with a hose. He bit me. <laughs> okay. Really? I don't think you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time that, yeah, he made a guess. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, I went to a friend's house and they had a hose. Oh, this would be so great, you know, because. Doing the house is like this mess you get afterwards, you know. We can do it outside. And you're like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and he won. Obviously, he won. And I never did it again with him. And I always groomed him myself um, because I didn't know how he would be if I left him at, like, you know, a groomer's mm-hmm. to, you know, have a bath and stuff and have his nails. He hated having his nails. So, I mean, he literally came to me with no training. Didn't know how to be on a leash. Didn't know know what nail cutting was. Didn't, you know, but I didn't get mad at him. It's like nobody ever taught him. And at the point I got him, he had all these things already. No, you're not touching my feet. No, that's just not happening, you know, and in different things. But pretty much he was a happy-go-lucky dog. He, he kind of knew he'd hit the jackpot and he was happy where he was. It's like, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. So with the... Training, what's, what style of training and what methods sort of worked for him? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know enough back then. I was one of those owners that, oh, it'll just work out somehow. Um, my dog walker was a partial trainer, so she gave me some pointers and stuff, but he was never, ever good on a leash. No, he just like. No, kind of like just want to run wild, right? So, and I kind of lived in a suburban area, so I kind of let him do that until he decided to go next door to the neighbors with this gorgeous pool and he peed right next to it. And of course, she <laughs> caught him. Oh, oh my God, you thought that World War Three started. <laughs> go pick that up. Like, how did, what? <laughs> And he's just looking, I'm like, please don't poop next. Please don't poop. Because he would be, the, you know, that would just be him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, after that, he went on a leash. I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, I just didn't know, like, a lot. I, I just know a whole lot more today with him. So mm-hmm. um, I wish I'd known more back then. I'm sure there's things I could have done. But I never did the prong collar again. Threw it away, and every time people ask me about it, no, you don't want to do that. 
You absolutely don't. And I, I was going to get a, like one of those electronic fences too, because it was a yard out there. I thought, oh, okay, I could put that up. But then I read, it doesn't always work for some dogs because there's, there's something really interesting on the other side. They will put up with the momentary pain and go for it. Like, yeah, that would be him. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I ended up not doing that because where we lived in Pennsylvania, we had a lot of deer and he looked like a deer. I mean, yeah, he had the coloring and like from far off, you know, uh, but he loved the deer. It was just like, and we had a huge cornfield too in our backyard. So you, of course, you'd have deer in there at the end of the season, you know, wanting all that corn. So yeah, that didn't work out real well. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of ruled the roost. I had some rules in the house, you know, that he had to follow, but yeah, he kind of lucked out. He didn't get a whole lot of training. <laughs> He was able to stay a kid his whole life, so. What do you think his favorite spot in the house would have been? The couch. Couch. Yeah. I think one of the pictures I sent to you is of him on the couch, and he's, you know, upside down, all paws in the air, and he's his lips have fallen, so it looks like he's just <laughs> smiling like crazy. He's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I had to ask for you to recall, say, one of the proudest moments of Taz, of him doing something or your reaction to something, what would you say? I was always proud of how he acted with people because I didn't know his past. I didn't, you know, so it was always until I really got to know him, you know, will he be a bitey dog or, you know, it just wasn't in his temperament. He just loved everybody and everything. Little kids, he'd curl up with them, just be so gentle with them. Um, yeah, I was always proud of him. He was my first dog. <laughs> <laughs> and despite everybody's opinion, you know, he we found a way to cohabit it. You know, is he found a way to be around me. I found a way to be around him. And everybody just loved him. It was really hard when when we had to put him down. Always, always is a horrible, horrible time. And just that sort of weighing up a balance of not wanting anyone to, to suffer. Right. But, but not wanting to let anyone go. Yeah. Well, it's unconditional love and it's 24 seven. It's like, how do you, how do you let that go? Just selfishly, you know, you just, but you realize there's a point, you know, that you can't in. And, and what I've learned with all of my dogs is they seem to accept it much better than people do. They just kind of, okay, you know, it's not, I guess they don't sit and stress about it as much as we do. Oh my God, I'm afraid to die. And no, they're just kind of like, okay, next phase, you know. And now an interesting story with him, and he's the only dog that did this. Um, I had to put him down. They took him away and they, they cremated him. Um, the vet was wonderful. They had just moved into the area. They didn't even know what to charge for. It's like, well, we've never done this. And I said, well, don't want to take him out of the house because of when we had moved there, it was so hard on him. So I just don't. And they were only like 10 blocks away. So we'll come over. They're wonderful. They wrapped him in a beautiful quilt. They, they made it like a really wonderful 
as much as you can experience. No rush, no, it was, you know, and, and he finally went. But it was about a week later, I know I heard him bark. And I was like shocked. And it was like, oh, hey, Taz, come here. You know, like, wait a second, he's gone. But he had come back, I totally believed to let me know he was okay. It was okay because, of course, it was my first dog. So, I mean, the amount of guilt and, oh, my God, did I do the right thing? Should I kept, you know, we all go through that, you know, making that fine because there's no do-over. But I believe that he came back to let me know it was okay. I'm okay. It did the right thing. And, um, yeah, it was it was much needed in that moment because it, it was very hard on me. I, I had never been through that before. It's um, even Jet Jet actually passed before he did, and he just died in my arms. It was like so sudden. There was no, we couldn't do anything. He was already gone. So it was hard with Taz to yeah come over and put him down. It's like I felt like I let him down. I let myself down. All this, you know, is there something else? I he was seventeen. It's like no, I think it's you know that's pretty good for a big dog yeah. to. To live that long. So it's like, yeah, let him go. But it it was, I cried after, yeah, I heard him bark. Just one bark, but it was loud enough. I I was like transported back, you know, like he was really there and he hasn't passed. And yeah, so, but that was, that was special. And none of my other dogs have done that, darn it. Mm. <laughs> oh, I have to talk to them about that. <laughs> Any sort of like quirky habits that you think he had? I'm sure he did. I'm trying to think. Okay, this might be TMI, but I'll take a chance. He loved dirty laundry. <laughs> loved it. And before I, my time I finally figured it out, and so I put it away, but. I would have to make sure that I always checked my pants really carefully before I got dressed to go to work. Because sometimes he liked to eat that area. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I put a pair on once and like, oh, it's really airy down there. What the hell? <laughs> How do you chew it out? Oh, what? <laughs> okay, that's just gross, dog. <laughs> Yeah, I never broke him of that. He always, yeah, <laughs> love dirty laundry. Clean now. What the heck is this stuff? <laughs> What's one of the happiest memories that you have from Taz? Is there a particular thing that he did? or He loved my waterbed. He thought that was the coolest thing ever. They could get on it. It would move around. It was warm in the winter and hot in the, or, or cool in the summer. Yeah, him and Chet would get up there and kind of take that over. That was like his favorite <laughs> thing in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never knew dogs liked water beds and then later when i got my my great dane moose he loved the water bed he would get on top of it and sing (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, he he loved that waterbed. And I guess like in the wintertime, you know, Colorado gets really cold. So it felt good on his joints too. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh yeah. Okay, mom. <laughs> I give oh, up the couch, you know, I'll go to this waterbed thing. I'm liking this. So <laughs> I was just gonna ask if there was a, a, a any sort of difference in the different seasons on and how they were with it, with the warmth. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado has all the seasons. Arizona doesn't, you know, it's either cool or it's hotter than hell. Um, but he, he loved the water. And I guess even inside of a water bed, um, they, yeah, he just found it really, I think it just felt really, really good on their joints. And um, he was already white in the face. Yeah, I sent a picture to of him uh, at that point too. We're sitting out in the balcony, but he loved that water bed. I gave it up, and he was not happy with me. I miss it too. <laughs> but yeah, they'd love to lay on it, and I had a TV in the bedroom, and yeah, we just curl up there, and it just, you know, it, it was amazing to me how happy they were just to be, just to. I'm laying here with you, you know, had dinner, we're happy, you know, just was amazing to me. And I was going through a really tough time at that point with my career and um, I was in the nonprofit world. And so it was really a joy to come home to them and, you know, be able to let go of some of that. And it's just like, okay, let's be happy. Just lay here and have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> I still do it, just new dogs, but yeah, it's such a blessing to, if you can stop yourself and empty your brain long enough to just be in the moment with them, you know, just sit and pet them. They're happy They're, And I think humans need to take on a little bit more of that consciously. So, okay, just slow down, let stuff go and just be, yeah, in this very moment. It's good right here where we are right now. Absolutely. 100%. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You is there anything else coming to mind that you'd like to share about Taz that we haven't discussed? Well, Taz was my inspiration behind leaving um, first the corporate world and then leaving the nonprofit world. So he was the reason I did the mobile doggy daycare when we went to Denver. Um, but I had to shut that down and go back into to having a real job. So I went into nonprofit and that was worse. And I lasted in that for about three years. And um, so then I reinvented myself again. But he's always been behind my, you know, working with dogs, taking that knowledge and the closeness with them. And he's actually the, still the inspiration behind when I came here to Tahoe, I knew that I had to kind of reinvent myself because I'm not the hospitality type person. <laughs> You do not want me serving you drinks. Um, so I'm like, okay, you're going to have to reinvent yourself. And so I went into my new business, which is Cold Noses News. And it's a content service um, just for dog professionals, dog owners, and dog businesses. And he, he has a lot to do with that because I saw how little I knew back then. So I kind of wanted to pay it forward. And okay. Let's help others know more about these animals because it always affected me deeply that he was given up three times. And it was only because nobody took the time with him to, okay, this is how you live in a human world, you know, walking on the leash, doing this, doing that, you know, and I always felt bad about that. Um, so with my service now, I get to write about dogs all day long. 
I get to stay home with my two great Danes all day long. And I get to help other people not make the mistakes I did and and learn more about these incredible creatures, you know, and how much they they have to teach us just by being, just by living. They have their huge teachers. Um so yeah, he's even though he's been gone for a number of years now, um he still inspires me to, you know, I think about him and I think about different things, you know, like separation anxiety. He was a huge one for it. And so, you know, I like to tell, teach people, okay, here's how I got through it with him. I didn't need to drug him. I didn't need to go to any of these extremes. You know, I just set up a routine or a schedule. So he knew what to expect. And once he did, he felt, okay, it's okay. So, yeah, he's, I think of him often. I have a picture up on my vision board of him. Um, and he still, yeah, he still inspires me each and every day from, uh, you know, that he took me on. <laughs> and <just ran> away. <laughs> uh, well, beautiful. that's pretty amazing, you know. He could have left any time. I wouldn't have been able to do much. But, yeah, that they just accept you how you are. You know, it's just, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And where do people find your service? So I am um, on the internet uh, at coldnosesnews.com. They can learn all about my um, business. If they're dog professionals, I can help them with content, um, newsletters, blogs, those sorts of things. Um, if you're a dog owner or lover, you can go to my blog and, and find out all kinds of things about your, your dog. And if you have questions, you can email me and I'll do my best to, uh, to help out because it's just, yeah, this is kind of my passion and this is where I'm going to stay because I just, I feel so strongly about it. Dogs have done so much for me that this is my little way of, of giving back in their honor. Oh, beautiful. Bobby, it has been a pleasure chatting with you and loved hearing all about Taz. And both well, thank you for giving me a chance to talk all about the boy. <laughs> I'm sure he's grinning up in heaven right now, like, yeah, he's talking about me. <laughs> thank you very much again for your time. Take care. No problem. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Don't forget, tell a friend how awesome dogs are. Just like our new listeners in Fort Erie in Canada and in Jaffrey in the US. And if you're feeling that way inclined, please leave a review, like, share and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this on. Most importantly, again, tell a friend how great dogs are. There's also the Facebook group. And until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family.